It's high noon. Hi. You're listening to MutantRadio.fm and .sf. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, here for the Ultacast slash CPCL. Choose poetry, choose life. Yeah, choose poetry, choose life. We are getting the Zoom call together with our buddies in Glasgow and Newcastle and all our other friends streaming from all around the world to bring you poetry because why not (laughs) i love poetry Uh, i recently read a book about george carlin's life and he has a great quote about the jester who makes jokes and is funny and ridicules and when the jester makes new ideas that have sound reasoning the jester becomes the philosopher and then when the philosopher dazzles us with amazing words the jester becomes a poet so there we are uh we're gonna get started in just a sec we're gonna listen to some more stuff here some more commercials and we'll be right back with aaron gann and andy talbot and myself cpcl choose poetry choose life here on mutiny radio of the united states of america for too long We have gone without a chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, Disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. For those who have an insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion, and love with passion, and our passion. Who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution? Who would rather die than fall in line to conform? Who constantly challenge the norm? Who greet each and every day as if just born? I say to you, I know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact. And in fact, I know it best when I say to you, I love you. Apparently, one of their big tests, not the people who the virus, is. It's that they, um, they, 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 they
turn in more positive results, more false positive results. And so it's a conspiracy to make us think that the disease is worse than it is. That's the conspiracy. Conspiracy theories about COVID. I would think you could just as easily, I think you could just as easily make a case for a conspiracy that they're not... Like they were saying that it's a conspiracy because they want us all to be mentally ill at the end of it. <laughs> I don't sure we will be lockdown. <laughs> this is what they were saying on the. It was some like German lawyer that also lives in the United States that's oh. like bringing up a Nuremberg 2.0 trial case against yeah. I don't oh. know who, like the German government about COVID stuff. But like, I think you could easily make a. The say, you could easily make a conspiracy case saying that, like, they've told us not to take it seriously enough so that they can get rid of Because they're so stupid that they think that getting rid of, like, that calling the population will somehow save them money. Oof. Forgetting that that never works. Like, <laughs> the population goes down, labor gets more power. But they never yeah. remember that. Do you know what I mean? Like... You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think- it's all fucked up. They're, you know, anything they can, any, they'll say anything. Well, I, I, I totally like, agree. I don't with know. The it was weird. It was just weird. Pardon? The mental health thing, I 100% agree with. I've never thought of myself as having any disorders. And lately, I've been looking up borderline personality disorder. I've been having like crazy oh. paranoia around people, difficulty with relationships. And it's not anything inside of me it's because of covid like i lost my entire support system my entire friend group yeah my family i have i've never felt more alone but it was that during that time period people either chose to like stay connected or they didn't and i'm one of the people that didn't so now i'm sitting here going i I have no support group i have no like like y'all are my support group and you're a zoom room you know like what's up with that it's just it's (laughs) <laughs> anyway, oh, oh come on, Pam! You 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 hang around with comedians. That's got to be mentally healthy. <laughs> Good, thank you. Good point. Yeah, delusions of persecution, of course, because everyone hates me. Just kidding. I don't know. I maybe they comedians are soulless monsters. That's the problem. This is well, yeah, like yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of a lot of your life is you know your your relationship with other people, and you know you kind of haven't been doing that for the past two years. So yeah, that's it's crazy. Understandable. I told, I said, I can't hand another lot. If they do another lockdown, I'm moving to Belfast like tomorrow. Like I'm moving in with my, I, I'm not doing another lockdown alone. Like I just can't. I can't. I don't Is there, it, are they going to lock it down again? You know, in San Francisco, still under know. 700 people have died. We're at like, for the entire COVID, we've had in all of San Francisco County, which is the city proper, oh. we've had less oh, than 700 deaths. So that's I'm sitting here going, what, what, COVID? Where? COVID? What? Like our entire city? We got the you have the big homeless population though in San Francisco. I think that that just spread like wildfire to nope, them. Nobody's the, no, and I think well that's why my new theory is that heroin keep is the. It, Heroin and meth keep you not getting COVID. Like it does something in your oh, body. Oh, so you tell, don't tell the anti-vaxxers that, right? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> tell them, okay. Ten thousand. <clears throat> ten thousand so questionably ahead. ten thousand questionably housed people in San Francisco and we have more opiate deaths. We have three times yeah. the deaths from opiate uh overdose yeah. than from deaths of COVID. There's so much fentanyl in everything now. Yeah, of like course. Larry says that every 
block like every every block in the loin he sees like at least three people just passed out yeah. from fucking fentanyl sure like, yeah. anyone... so, so, so heroin is the new ivermectin that's yeah, why they call exactly. it Tide pods mm. and heroin will keep you from getting covid you heard it here first on <laughs> mutinyradio.fm just anyone watch the dope set Somebody may take this seriously. No, don't take care of it. Really good. That's just a joke. No, I, I, I encourage everyone to take heroin. It's really cool, and you should all do it. No, no, <laughs> seriously, don't. Um, don't. <laughs> well, we're here. We're on the radio. We're live. This whole conversation has been... <laughs> this comedic conversation brought to you by MutinyRadio.fm okay. and CPCL. Parody, Minecraft. I'm going to mute myself mostly because I'm coughing a lot. So anyways, and I'm handing over reins to Andy tonight and Pam. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Aaron. Yeah, please do. Yes. Oh, hi. I haven't done this in a while. I've been um, absent. Um, absent. Without Yeah. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Who wants to read first? Well, who wants to read it all? And then I'm well, I want to read it all. all. Sure, sure. But I have <laughs> no problem going first if no, if, you know, nobody. Anyone else? I've got a new one I could do. So, so we have three so far. Cool. So John, if you want to start us off, and then AJ, and then Louise. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, um. I uh, have uh, two new novels out, uh, and um, the uh, they're part of a series of spy novels. I'll put some links in the chat. The Shadow Killers is kind of a allegory about the Trump years, and then the third in the series, The Prague uh, Deception, deals with kind of betrayal and uh, reconciliation. So I'll start out reading a little, I'll read you the opening from The the Prague Deception, and it's, it's, it's kind of structured a lot like Citizen Kane. So it starts out with a massacre, and uh, then goes on into people trying to figure it out. Uh, the thing you have to know is that the CIA officer, John Clooney, and, and uh, freelancer, uh, Anton Gruber, uh, were friends and allies and worked together for years. With its peaked roof and onion-domed turret, the three-story villa perched atop a grassy hill looked like it belonged in a fairy tale or a nightmare. Concrete steps with steel railing led to what used to be its soft center front door. The Mon 50 remote-controlled mine had demolished that when it projected hundreds of steel bearings into the bodies of the raiding team. A half-dozen dead lay mangled on the blood-stained porch. They'd met their doom before they had time to register surprise. All wore black uniforms, balaclavas, helmets, and bulletproof vests, with the word policy in gold. The triangular patches with cross swords, eagle, and parachute on their sleeves identified them as members of Erna, the Czech police's elite SWAT team. Inside more carnage, two team members lay dead in the entryway, their HK-416 assault rifles by their sides. A third slumped over the railing where the stairs had collapsed. 
blood soaked his uniform and dripped sounding like a ghastly metronome onto the floor below. Shell casings littered the worn hardwood floor on the second story. A gunman with a long beard lay in a pool of blood on the staircase to the third floor where a hallway connected three bedrooms. Inside the largest, a huge man, Anton Gruber, wrapped his hands around CIA officer John Clooney's neck. A gash on Clooney's forehead gushed blood into his eyes and his clothes were ripped and stained with sweat. As Gruber squeezed, Clooney's face went from red to purple. He drove his forearms into Gruber's elbows and thrust his knee into the big man's groin. Gruber smiled, lifted Clooney off his feet and tossed him across the room. Clooney landed on a table that splintered under the impact. Desperate to stop Gruber, Clooney scrambled for the Glock 19 pistol in the corner and came up with it raised. There is no banter while Dr. Kilmer and his advisors waited for the technician to set up a secure video feed with the deputy director of operations. Despite numerous tries, the flat panel monitor in the skiff displayed only a test pattern of multicolored rectangles. Okay, try it now, the technician said to his counterpart in the White House over a telephone. Nah, still not getting sync. I'll try rebooting. William Tate sipped cold coffee while looking at the officials sitting around the cramped conference table. The air was stale and smelled of desperation. Dr. Kilmer, newly bald from a round of chemotherapy, occupied himself with cleaning his wire-rimmed glasses. It was wise to Kilmer's tricks. His superior affected several mannerisms that allowed him to think before speaking a useful tactic in espionage. As for his advisors, through decades of bureaucratic knife fights, most had perfected poker faces. They wouldn't give anything away. This was Tate's strategy, too. Until he understood the moving pieces, it was best to stay silent and let Dr. Kilmer do the talking. The wait seemed like hours, but in reality, it only took 15 minutes before the DDO's face appeared on the video monitor. He was an odd-looking man who wore his thinning red hair, close-cropped. And I will stop it there, but I'll post some links into the in the chat. It's available on Kindle right now, and a paperback of all three uh, novels together should be coming out in January. Thanks. Don't stop! Don't Thank stop! <laughs> I love the names. Kilmer, they're like Clooney. Yeah. Like, they're like yeah, famous I was, people. I was thinking the names. Gruber, Kilmer, like hell Gruber. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some of them are kind of funny too. Like I've got in the second book, I've got an agent named Danny Abattoir, but he's a, a vegan, <laughs> so. <laughs> it's really good. It's really, I'm, so, I'm into it. I was like, don't stop. <clears throat> so was that from the third one? That's from the third one, yeah. So uh, there are there are three of them. Uh, they're just called the John Clooney thrillers, and the first is called the Enigma Brokers, and it, it deals a lot with uh, you know uh, code breaking and quantum encryption. The Shadow Killers is uh, again sort of an allegory for the Trump years. It's uh, basically a group of un, un, uh, untraceable assassins, and then the third one is uh, again you know the Prague Deception, dealing with uh, Gruber's. Uh, uh, betrayal and uh, attempt to, at rehabilitation. 
When did you write them? When did the first one come out? Oh, gosh. The first one was probably back in, uh, oh, maybe 2016 or so. And that, that just got published about a year ago. Um, you know, because, you know, finding somebody who wants to publish it and then, you know, going through back and forth uh, proofreading just takes forever. And then, you know, whenever the publisher gets around to putting it out. And and, and so the same, the, the other two, uh, yeah, I think... You know, somewhere in the meantime, was certainly they've they've both been kind of ready for about a year, and you know, again, it's just kind of going back and forth with the publisher, and you know, okay. it's surprising how many typos you know find their way into stuff, and you know, you can read over it and you you, you miss it. I, I find it helps a little bit if I read it aloud because it makes me, you know, slow down and actually see yeah. the words rather than just glossing over it because I know what I meant to say and it should be there like like I thought, but you know, it's it's yeah. never like that, and you always find find mistakes and, you know you always find them too once it's published that's where it's that's uh-huh. yeah. gosh, I said this. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you have an agent oh, they seem awesome do, do you have an no agent? no i no no i don't you know i you know i played that game i played the game trying to find literary agents and deal with the big you know the big publishers for like 15 years and it you know it it never really happened to me i got so old that i real you know realized that i just better get stuff out as soon as as soon as i can so this is a small publisher that i kind of know out of san diego um but yeah you know i even asked an agent you know i said uh i was at one meeting and i said you know of all the you know uh, all the queries how many do you end up accepting and she said one out of five thousand wow Jesus. You know, so wow. I mean, I think, okay, one out of 5,000, you get 100 rejections from age, it still doesn't mean anything. You know, it doesn't mean anything at all. That is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I think they're, they're interested in what's marketable and what's, mm. uh, you know, what's sellable. You know, they get paid on commission, so of course they are. Uh, you, know, they, you know, platform is a big thing. Do you have a platform? In other words, do you know people that can can sell your book and stuff? And yeah. um, uh, I don't know. You know, as far as getting published, uh, I think you got to look at the numbers. I mean, I did I actually wrote a paper uh, that's uh, on, you know, doing that uh for um uh getting stories and poems published and things i'll put a post a link in that in the chat too it's called Moneyball for uh for creative writers and, <laughs> i read uh, i read john's article i read that and i sent it to some of my dfa buddies we all loved yeah. it. it was awesome yeah I highly recommend uh, I, th- I think, you know, at least it works better for me than trying to, you know, read a whole bunch of journals and figure out who wants what, you know, because they all sound like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a numbers guy, not a, you know, not a literature guy. So, uh, well, maybe I'm a literature guy, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll post a link to that one in the chat, too. Anyway, thanks, everybody. You know, check out the books. Uh, you can read a little bit of it online and, uh, you know, see what you think. Nice one. Yeah, thank you. I definitely want to check out that paper that you that you wrote. Oh, it looks like we're a little frozen. Hey, Sorry. Hey. Um. So this is a, a poem that I wrote um recently. Um. It's it's called Mechanical Turk, which um. The original Mechanical Turk was a hoax um, in the late 18th, early 19th centuries, um, where um, supposedly an automaton 
uh, in the shape of a Turk that was capable of playing chess. Yes, exactly, John, the, the chess player. Um, it was actually controlled by um, a chess master hiding in the inside of the Turk that would control its movements. So it was it was a fake robot that was actually a person. Um, nowadays, of course, Mechanical Turk is more well known for Amazon Mechanical Turk, which is a, um, a, a micro work service, which one of its roles is actually getting humans to do stuff to help machine learning algorithms, um, which, are, which are a sort of form of artificial intelligence. Um, but a lot of the tasks that you think are being done by machines um, are, uh, are actually being done by people who are being paid ludicrously low amounts of money for them. Um, and this led to me thinking about just the general um, having to prove you're not a robot. That's pretty <laughs> ubiquitous on the internet. Which is which is also if you've ever done those um, those tests where they're like select all squares featuring traffic lights or featuring stop signs or whatever. The reason they're always like that is they you is that when you're doing those tests. They use those to train machine learning algorithms for self-driving cars um, to try and make them less likely to kill their owners by veering off the road when they see the moon and mistakenly think that the moon is a traffic light or something. Um, and also this was inspired by a, um, a Curry's PC World advert that uh, I saw on television recently, um, which is quoted towards the end of the poem. So, Mechanical Turk. The joke is that it never was a robot. The joke is that battery hands is a reference to conditions. The joke is the advert's promise that you won't speak to a robot is a promise you will be accused of breaking by a caller who knows fine well you're human. The joke is that they know this line is monitored. And when they say, yes, I am a real human being in a sing-song voice, they can say they are not doing you. They are doing the girl in the advert. working out some of my resentment from uh, working in call centers. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the only new thing I've got. Um, I don't know. I haven't, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we could go around or, yeah. you know, yeah. Cool. Uh, who wants to go next? Don't everyone jump at once. I'll go at the end. Yeah. Do you put your hand up there, Louise? Yeah, I can go. Go on then. Uh, this it doesn't have a title. <laughs> uh, and this is a first draft because apparently that's just what how I roll <laughs> when it comes to reading out loud for people. <laughs> uh, 
million years from now, when I'm older, but still very unwise, I'll browse the bookstalls along the banks of the Seine and I'll see him, written in a language I have not in my many years mastered. I will see his name, but think only of yours. I will buy his words in all of their simple, beautiful gusto. I will buy them at Haggle and keep them in my battered bag in case the day comes when you are also browsing books. I'm moving backwards on a train, the scenery saying goodbye as quickly as it said hello. Time moves backwards here, too. And soon, your face and body will be changed, but I am sure that vigour still remains in your eyes. I look at the empty seat beside mine where you should be resting. Where are you? My eyes challenge the raindrops racing down the window. Aiden. I take snapshots of the cities we wanted to see and drink the drinks and eat the food and see the sights that we promised to try together. Quit smoking, bought some anyway, and I left half for you. Faces and voices envelop me across the map we made and as I rest my weary frame for a while in a barn and alley of the floating city, I wonder if you found peace. A memory swims across my field of vision, a yellow dress with flowers, I think, and a trilby hat perched just right. Hand on leg, lips grazing, earlobes, neck, knowing looks shared between four eyes. Have you swam there too? And now I gaze at faces in a gallery, skyscraper lights enhancing all of their beauty and a waiter offers me a glass of wine. It matches the color that you always loved on my mouth, on you. And there, across the room showing the world that life he lived is you and we speak no words. Thanks. <laughs> Yay! Romance! <laughs> Fucking love that. Um, I'm not reading. So Carolyn Hashimoto's here! I haven't seen her in weeks! Hi, Caroline! The, the, more cow poems? Hi! Hello! Hi! Yay. <laughs> I'm not reading either! Because I've. I've <laughs> Nothing but cow. I can't. No, no more cows. No so, more yeah, cows. No. The cows are in the background. Even cows, cows, cows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm no. How is everybody? Hi. Hi. <laughs> it feels like the PCL <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? It's like the hardcore. <laughs> For, yeah, that would have been like we should have done that. Comedians for for Christmas time, we do a we do a white elephant joke exchange, and we take our sets and write not write them all the way out, but kind of, uh, you know, like little bits, and we put them in a bucket, and then other people do other people's sets. So we could have done that with poetry, like people read each other. Oh, that sounds scary. Right. Well, for comedians, we it's easy because we do that next month. Yeah, white white elephant poem exchange. And uh, you send your poem to someone else, and then they read it or something. No, no. Uh, if you do that, yeah. do you send do you send them one of your best poems, or do you send a really bad one? 
<laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> a silly one? I'd probably send something silly. Um, but, or, you know, what would be fun is if we all tried to draw a panel for one of Stilly's things. <laughs> Without telling anyone, like, what you've drawn. So it's just, like, all <laughs> random. That would be fun. Stilly, you have a new story that you need, you need drawings for? I can't draw. I'm terrible, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah, that's totally. Also, John sent me, um, you know how we do ekphrasis? Like, I got, um, I don't, John, what was my thinking like? Oh, we, we, we called it epistophrasis after epistemology, right? Yeah, yeah. What, but what, what is it? Well, you know, there are just a couple ideas for, from physics that people could write poems about if they were so uh, they they were so uh, you know inclined. You know things like uh, you know where are the limits? You know speed of light, limits, stuff like that. Relativity, quantum mechanics, those kind of things right, that are just yeah. very strange. Like and, instead of it being art, it would be science that we would be right oh. that we'd be riffing on. I love that. So John whole... said. But I was going to send it, to, I was going to forward it to you guys, but. That whole speed anyways, of light thing is amazing. Like, yeah. That you can time travel with the speed of light. If you, tra if you travel the speed of light out and back, everything else will have gone at its regular time. And so you time travel basically into the future. I like that. Concept. We're always time traveling into the future though. But yeah, I know it's, it kind of goes a little <laughs> slower for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, there's also some weird ones, too. Um, uh, Kip Thorne uh, actually came up uh, with a book called Black Holes and Time Machines, and he, he found some uh, solutions to Einstein's field equations for general relativity that would allow something called uh, closed time-like loops where, you know, you you would theoretically maybe go up go back in time you know it's but it's weird stuff like you take a black hole and you turn it into a cylinder you spin it almost at the speed of light and you you take a rocket ship and and go around in a helix around it, it's traveling like close to the speed of light and uh, you but you know it's it's not really clear that uh you can get the solutions but it re maybe would require some weird stuff that might not be physical like negative mass matter which would be very strange negative mass matter you you would push on it it would come toward you kind of stuff so you know who knows if they have that kind of stuff or not but anyway it's a cool book kip thorne black holes and time machines if you're interested <laughs> i i'm traveling backward in time i don't i uh, but that would be fun Actually, yeah, it kind of blows the whole idea of causality all out of the water, though, doesn't it? Yeah. If you if you travel back in time, though, are you're from the future? So if you go back, you're not there, or are you? And then that whole thing comes into play of what if you meet yourself uh, and change something in the past? Blah 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 blah. Crazy stuff. Okay. And your yeah, mom exactly. and your mom hits on you, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, can I just tell you they love Back to the Future over here? Like people in age groups that should know better, like love huh. Back to the Future. It's really crazy. <clears throat> Anyways. Is, um, it, is it the Michael J. Fox fan club or what? I don't know. It's like it's it's all the people that I know who probably would have been in the, <clears throat> in the United States too old 
in the United States, we looked on it like, first of all, Huey Lewis and the News did the theme song. Right. Okay? I like, love Huey Lewis. No cool, no cool people were like into this movie. So yeah. like, but it's all, it's like people who are counterculture. Like oh, one of my buddies saw it like 85 times in the theater wow. in Greenock, Scotland. Like he's, and he was a goth. Like, I don't understand it at all. That's weird. Almost That's every guy that I've dated since I've been over here has been way too obsessed with fucking Back to the Future. And I didn't wow. know there were three of them. It's really yeah. weird. It's really strange. It's like a total, I don't, they, yeah, there's just a disconnect. Like, because we thought it was dorky. I don't know. Well, I thought it was okay, but I didn't, wouldn't want to see it twice, really. You know, once was kind of enough. It was, you know, <laughs> and also, it's really you know, racist it. bullshit that, like, a white boy fucking gave Chuck Berry his guitar sound. That was offensive enough the first time. Oh, ever. I don't remember that. No. Like, oh, my God. Well, anyways, that's, like, one of the plot points. Is that, oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah. Michael J. Fox is playing the Chuck, the <clears throat> famous Chuck Berry lick, and then the guy oh. in the is like, Chuck, remember how you were looking for a new sound? And he holds up the phone to Michael J. Fox oh. playing. The implication is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. My question was, did I do did I do my um my um I'm sorry. <laughs> did I do my my um tarot poems? You did some. I did some. Yeah, last time you did some. I don't know if you did all of them. I don't know, don't know how many you have. All right. So then, well, then I don't want to do them again. So forget it. No, do them. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> I shut that down quickly. Uh, there was a, a poet in ta in here in San Francisco named Charlie Getter. And he always used to say, because I'd say, oh, I don't want to do the same thing twice uh, at readings or whatever. And he said, no, 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 no. You have to do the same poems over and over so that people can request, so people can ask for requests. You want people to know your poems so well that that you go to a show and they're like, "Oh, do the do the nineteenth and asshole poem or do the you know," and and they call them out. So do them. You think I should? Yeah. Yeah. Just so we can hear you go. Yeah, why not? Fill up some time. All right, hold on. Here they are. Um, I'll just go down. I think. Okay. So, meditations on losing one's nerve. Get you all harmony and elegance. There's been a fielding. What's growing from your ground? You were practiced at yielding, but take a look around. It's time, yes, now to put on that gown. Just a reasonable facsimile. Fac Did I say that right? Facsimile. You brought on wish for three pounds. You looked for a thick body gold peppered with gilt roses, didn't you? And now a matching falcon has perched on your flattened wrist. So chin up, sister. You've got yourself a garden. No, it's not springtime yet. That sound you hear is the trickster thaw. Time is cracking, your own stitches snapping, and now verdancy's creeping. Do you even remember why you hesitated? That's the was that the high priestess? Which card was that? Oh, no, it's so funny. Guess what? Do you guys? I, I was guess thinking the high priestess. I was thinking two, but. No, it's not. It's not. Um, 
I think it's the Ten of Pentacles. Oh, it wasn't even a major arcana card. Damn. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I only think one of these is major arcana, but... Did you say tentacles? Yeah. <laughs> That's... I mean, ten, ten, ten tentacles. That's a Can squid, right? Actually, there was this guy who came to talk to us at my first year in DFA, and he had created his own um, gay subculture tarot cards. And, like, one of the suits was Bug Chaser instead of, like, it was really awesome. It was, like, I can't remember the other suits, but one of them was Bug Chasers. And, like, it was so funny because only me and this other chick, Victoria, were, like, haggy enough to know what the hell. Like, we were the only people and old enough to know what a Bug Chaser is. So like, we were just giving each other looks, like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. But I, I should find him. It was really funny. I thought it was awesome that he made his own tarot cards. And, like, yeah. Anyways, one of the suits. But, What's a bug chaser? So you could do, like, a bug chaser. Oh, no. A bug chaser. Like, this. Do you know my place on Folsom? It used to be. It's, like, around the corner from the old hole in the wall. Or, like, where that new Wicked, the, the BDSM cafe is. Or down the street from Brainwash. Yeah, Wicked Grounds. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, Wicked about. Grounds. Okay, so then like around the corner, there's my place right next door to the leather shop on the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folsom and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that place used to be, basically, I stopped going there in about, I don't know, maybe like 1998, because they, because they had a don't ask, don't tell policy about HIV, and everybody was barebacking in there. And... Be, so but so what i found out a couple years later is the name for what that is is called bug chasing so there's this whole cult like, community of dudes who want to get hiv and then weirdly and you can like look i've read a couple you know avoiding doing like actual research for my phd i like <laughs> i ended up at rabbit holes there are medical there are now become they're starting to become medical journal articles about this phenomenon where there's and there's some dude in San Francisco who I've I don't know if I know who it is, but I have a suspicion. Um, that's like siring people to like he's got like two generations of people that like he's given his his particular HIV to, like, and he so they'll they'll have parties and they'll like bring people in almost sort of like a vampire thing, like wow, a siren party yeah it's really weird and like there's this quote in one of the articles it was like a social kind of article but where like or psychological article where the guy the guy was like i just can't think of, of anything it's so erotic when i'm like that i'm to be passing the virus to somebody else like it's so it's such an erotic thought to me anyway so that's what a bug chase wow is. so that's so why i stopped going to my place because i couldn't because i was like i'm not going there anymore it's like it's like a freaking, it was like a super spreader event, but for HIV, basically, that bar. So I stopped going there because I didn't want to support it. You know what I mean? But anyways, so that's what a bug chaser is. Um, but the reason that I said about bug chasers is because it would be funny to do like a sci-fi tarot card and have one of the, um, one of the suits be tentacles. <laughs> and then what else could you have? You could have like, like, what crenel I don't know what else would there be tentacles and then what what other things do people Well there's have no water in space you... but there's ice right So that could be one of the major arcanas is just ice 
<laughs> warp drive, the warp drive. Oh, it's a long way. To, it's a long know, way to the bottom of a warp core. But well, anyways, okay. So here, wait. Where the hell? I don't know where the thing went. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, and here's the, yeah. So that was that's ten of pentacles. Um, this one's easy. You don't always draw the moon. Tonight, the moon, pained, impatient, don't listen, pay heed not. I mean, pay no heed. Don't listen. La, 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 la. Hounds snarling, the tide vomits, promises, a seat warm, you stare at rain through a window. Tea and sympathy, slippers never dirty, vomit, promises. See through both eyes, see through the sentinels. Gold posts, babe. Catapult, propel, get yourself over. Breeze on, breathing to those distant mountains. Oh, yonder. Then get ready and retouch your lipstick. That's the other one. And then, oh, yeah, the, uh, this is another one that just gives it away. This one's called Four of Wands. This journey's fucking dreary, always bottomed out dizzy, such confusion in the weeds. You've tried the whole lay down and die routine, but now you move sometimes in these bottomed out circles. You move ears jammed with howling dry leaves. But I'm here to tell you, I hear other things from where I can't say because they don't come in words, but I'll mouth them anyway. These dizzying bottoms, the impenetrable weeds, will end, you'll see. Four towering wands garlanded with petals like wings in victory. One for each of your limping legs, one for your persistence, and one for your amnesia. I tell you, for many years, those flowers are the only thing you'll remember. So very little triumph. This is like from my survivor arts program, these things. So they're all very sort of triumphant. And then the last one, I don't remember. Legitimate, I don't remember what tarot card this is from. But anyways, it's called Legitimate Poetic Content. If it's always going to be like this, I don't want to play pretty, smile shitty, smile pretty senile. If this perpetual performance is for every second of every pretty, every day pretty, bile, shitty, bile, thank God for bile. I will take the trouble to grow extra limbs and gust my exit, stage fly space with my friends in the ropes and dust and my friends in the pulleys rust. We're on call for the spirit's lift, but we've no lines in the script, yet the applause still rises our way. So those are my tarot card poems. Yay. They're going to be published in the Little Survivor Arts program, but I'll send you guys a link when I have one. Oh, you're just, it's so sweet. You're in bed laying down with your. <laughs> with her mouse, with her, with her, with her, Jer with her Jerry mouse. I think it's. This is my Jerry Tom. Mouse. It's Tom. It's not Tom. Jerry. It's Tom. I thought Tom was a cat. Was it Tom the cat? That's a cat. This is the cat. This is the cat. This is it's like a mouse. No. <laughs> it's got a big tail. It's got a mouse tail. Yeah. This is totally Tom. I don't know why you think this is Jerry. Oh, because it's not beat up. <laughs> this is totally Tom. Actually, Tom is really beat up. Look. 
Yeah. I've had to sew him together in lots of places on his tail. Well, how long have you had that? I stole this from my little sister in 1990 when I left to go to California. Oh. I stole it off her bed and I have never oh. used it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, you guys. Okay, who's next? Who is next? There's a dead air. I I have I was just I've been uh I have some memorized ones. They're old, but they're still memorized. Oh. So um well it. I took two old poems and I shoved them together into one poem and uh and I have it memorized, so I'm excited about that. Um, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't have a title, sadly, uh, but here we go. I'll perform for you. The deepest, darkest walk of shame is 3 a.m. forever. 13 blocks and seven wide. Your feet won't darken the doorframe. I'll stand here smoking, praying not to brave the rain. Your doorbell's been broken for years. There's a city in your beard. Rows of tiny houses filled with clever pundits whispering how to live, confusing my fingers when I dig for skin, gardening invisible bonsai. I'll keep reaching till I find your jaw, longing to rent in your ghetto. Well, there we go. I'm I'm a little wrenching your ghetto. I like that. Thank you. I'm I'm too romantic for my own good. I I did a lot of research this week um, on disorders, and there's a new one when the DSM six comes out. They're going to put it in there, and it's 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 so stupid. It's OLD, <laughs> obsessive love disorder, and I'm like, it's old, Ooh. and that's all it is. I'm 47, and I like guys under 30. That's all it is. It's not a disorder. <laughs> it's pretty normal, actually. <laughs> it's just old. <laughs> that's what I have. I have old. well there we go i can look for something else on the internet i just have had memorized things in my head carolyn cow poems come on (laughs) you've heard them all before or you've heard them all before (laughs) read the cannibal one I'm trying to think which which one though. There's what which one exactly? Wouldn't the one that uh, you'd submitted Red, and worked Red on. Riding Hood and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, you'd, give me yeah. a second. Give me a second. Someone else go and. Well, shall we take like a ten minute break and then people can find shit that they want to read and then we can come back. I have plenty more that I can read if you if you're stuck. Oh, we could go to John. Oh, we could, it's, it's, ah, I'm easy. That's what she said. Also <laughs> yeah, right. Well, look, I mean, we don't want to have dead, dead air on the radio, right? Well, I can always That's make something happen on the radio. Okay, let me let me do this. I'll I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll, I'll read uh, I'll read uh, like the end of the chapter for Prague, and then I'll read a cow poem for Carolyn. How's that? Woo! You wrote yes. a cow poem for Carolyn. 
I brought a cow poem. Yes, indeed. And, and since Carolyn's here, uh, okay. So anyway, we're back. We're back in the, me- the back in the meeting. It's a real shit storm here, Gene. The DDO told Doctor Kilmer. In addition to our kidnapped ambassador, nine members members of a NATO ally are dead in an ambush we sent them into. Minister states and little success calming him down. Can you summarize what we know so far? The raid on the group that took our ambassador was a setup, sir. Dr. Kilmer put on his glasses and tucked the lens cleaning cloth in his vest pocket. A private contractor we used for decades sold us out. What do we know about him? Name's Anton Gruber, German, born in Dresden, then part of East Germany, fluent in English, Spanish, and Russian, as well as his native German. He worked as a barter guard in Frankfurt, the, the one on the east on the Polish border, not ours. He, he seemed to have some kind of falling out with the Stasi before he escaped to the west. He did some drug enforcement work for the West German equivalent of the FBI, the BFV, and then went to Argentina, where he had dealings with the BND, their foreign intelligence service. Anyway, years later, Harold London brought him on board as a private contractor. Harold London is a legend! Doug Kunstler, one of Dr. Kilmer's advisors, exclaimed, When I was in Islamabad, I heard he traveled all over Iraq, posing as a Russian technician to sabotage Saddam Hussein's air defenses. Then there was the time he planted a bomb on Slobodan Milosevic's cat. Would have worked, too, if the damn politicians hadn't lost their nerve. Dr. Kilmer gave Kunstler a withering look to shut him up. Any more details about Stasi connections, the DDO asked? All these Germans had Stasi connections, sir, Dr. Kilmer said. True enough. Who is the officer on the scene? John Clooney, sir. Where is he now? On administrative leave pending investigation, sir. All right. Find out what happened. I'll bring in the Special Activities Center and try to keep the politicians off your back. I can only delay the latter for a while, so you'd better act quickly. Keep me posted, Gene. Okay, so here's the cow uh, poem. As some of you have heard this before. Uh, I went to Naropa for a little bit of the, you know, summer riding session, and uh, one of the things we did uh, was uh, perform a, a Gertrude Stein play uh, in Ann Waldman's class, and and uh, the the uh, um, the the code word "have a cow" was uh, meant orgasm, evidently, and so one lady, uh, Franny, in the class dressed up in a cow costume uh, during the play, and so this is called "I Want to Marry Franny the Cow." She dances in a cow costume, black splotches on white fabric. The hat covers her nappy hair, but has an opening for her face. Wire-rimmed glasses magnify slightly crossed eyes. Her nose curls when she smiles. She twirls and arches on stage, then moves among the audience, teasing men with her plastic udders. I want to marry Franny the cow, take her home to my neighbors in lab coats and business suits. She can graze in our front yard. We'll dine with the Cleavers and the Bradys. I'll have the Salt Lake, please. But I can't afford a cow, and they are zoning laws. Women can't wear cow suits here, maybe in San Francisco. So the neighbors sell her costume to a fast food franchise. Menswear employees consume her a quarter pound at a time, then return to the store where she fuels their efforts to tailor our minds into jackets and ties. There you go, a cow, a cow poem. Yay, cows. For you. 
was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. The others of you have probably heard that one before, but oh well. Golden oldies time. Yeah, I've got okay, a golden oldies. Uh, if 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 we're going around, um, this is not a new one, but it's not one that I've done a lot. Um, it's called that the city after this enormity may be renewed. They told me that my sex drive would be ruined. The exact word that they chose, as if the hormones were a bomb that would destroy the proud erections of an engineered city. What they didn't realize was that my metropolis already lay in ruins. Behind the neoclassical facades of banks, the people gathered round the fires that burned in drums, bartered shoddy goods under the tops, slung far beneath the shattered skylights of the covered market, that taps gasped air and dirt in sailors' bars beside the silted harbour. And here, Hormones came as wrecking ball and blueprint for renewal, as mortar in the sense of both explosive and cement, as the new broom in City Hall and that where once I had a mesian libido, gridded and predictable, what sprang up in its place is more like Gary complicatedly amazing, twisted and baroque, always apparently about to tumble in upon itself, but stronger than the mess it seems to be. Where once I was the New York subway, now I'm Harry Beck's map of the tube, reimagined as a roller coaster, though I happily will go south of the river. Complicated, multicolored, centripetally alive in all directions. And I know that cut and cover and the pounding of the tunneling machines can look like demolition, but they aren't. I'm not in ruins. This chaos that you hear and see is not a war. It's just my future working. Ooh. It's that one. Uh, I have one here called <clears throat> "Through Train Windows." It's a, it's an old one too. But I don't think I've read it for you guys before. So, uh, let's get beheaded and take three generations of your family with us. I have an informant to help me with translation. Let's get on an old Soviet train and fuck in the bathroom. Uh. Miss our audience in town because some suspicious conductor asks us for tickets and turns us into the Gestapo for communism. How daring, coming through the foggy wood, me wearing my ghost shoes. The secret sounds made by the mouth, how ugly feels in my hole, how pretty curls the lips to crescent, words beyond darkness in the throat, a life and death theme in paraphrase. It's the shadow of a showdown. Brought back with CPR, the stranger inflates my lungs. I dwell inside what might be instead of living in what is. By half suggestions, you'll get the whole. You damn romantic, be declarative. Let's be sublime. 
don a ridiculous hat, scream to the golden streets of youth, and the people in the front row lean, press their cheeks to the frozen window to see the dust outside. Okay, I found a couple. Of the <laughs> okay, um, let me just get first. The first one is a really, really short piece. Um, I'm, I'm starting on, so it's a bit rough and ready, but I'm just going to read it anyway because this is where I like to read my rough and ready stuff. Um, it's called Deconstructed Dessert, and then I'm going to read uh, one of my poems from the cow thing. Okay, so Deconstructed Dessert. It's confusing, this dessert, deconstructed, separated artfully into all its component parts and arranged in order artfully on the polished white surface porcelain plate that is currently the trend. Take, for example, black forest cake, chocolate cake and pudding, cherries, whipped cream and kirsch. These are reimagined as sensuous separate bites and sips. It's not so much about the arrangement, about the putting together, it's about the pulling apart, the separation, the classification, the this bit exists entirely on its own. There's no instruction manual for the eater, for the person who will consume the extrapolated parts of the dessert. It is entirely in their naive and incapable hands to put it all together in their mouth, in which case, surely, it will taste the same. Makes you wonder why bother with a chef in the first place, in the same way why bother with carpenters. It seems construction is entirely in our own hands these days, or rather, our mouths. Anyway, work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the next one is called um, Past the Vestibule and Into the Vagina. And it's borrowed text from a farmer's manual, but yeah, you'll see. <laughs> Um, hang on. I've also lost a tooth, so I'm lisping a bit, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Pass the vestibule and into the vagina. The chance of success is greatly increased when she is relaxed. She should stand on a level surface with plenty of grip. She should also be appropriately restrained. <laughs> Clean her vulva with a paper towel and put on a full arm glove and lubricant. Insert your arm into her by forming a cone with your fingers while keeping the tail aside with your other hand. Gently work out any excess shit, and if the rectum becomes distended with gas or she strains excessively, withdraw the arm and consider reserving a few hours later. She must be relaxed during the procedure to avoid injury, as the rectum wall is a delicate structure. After locating the cervix, use the elbow to extend downward pressure on the vagina. This will part the lips of the vulva in preparation for the gun. The lips should be wiped clean with the gun inserted past the vestibule and into the vagina. The blind pocket around the cervix can make it difficult to maneuver the gun into the cervical canal entrance. To resolve this, push the cervix as far forward as possible while closing the pocket with your grip. Once the tip is in the canal, you should feel a gritty sensation. Line up the gun with the cervix and pass it through the canal, manipulating the cervix back over the tip of the gun. 
Care should be taken to avoid placing the semen into just one horn. In addition, the walls of the uterus are extremely delicate and easily damaged. Deposit the semen slowly by counting five, four, three, two, one. Every so often, you may come across a cervix that will defeat you despite your best efforts. <laughs> I'll finish there. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay, that is literally the manual. If you go to farmersweekly.online.com, that is, that is how baby cows are made. That's all I'm saying. I, all, I only replace cow with she. That's the only difference. And it's so good. <laughs> the gun and the... Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, it's so nice to be back. <laughs> it says, well, Aaron, Aaron and I actually met in real life and it was such a disaster because it was just, wasn't it, Aaron? Why was it a disaster? Well, it was just so like, oh, I, I, I don't know. It was too brief and then it was over. Yeah, it was too brief, that's for sure. <laughs> and then I've been sick basically since the day after. Mm. It went away a little bit, and then but then it came back. I don't know what's going on. Is it like cold or flu or? <laughs> well, I keep taking lateral flow tests, and they keep being negative. So I don't. I can only assume that it's like a cold. Today I had like muscle stuff. What is that? Like you know what I mean? Like aches body aches and stuff but i don't know like i'm not entirely sure like what to make of it do you have a fever i don't know i because i don't have a i had a i had a thermometer that it took months to get off of amazon because none of the drug stores around here had any I don't think I have a fever. It's just really cold here, and I'm trying to save money on heat. Um, <laughs> hot, flashes, like, hot flashes are helpful for that. It's the only. It's cold right now. Yeah, in San Francisco. Totally. <laughs> it's the only thing I, I, I'm like, oh, you know what? This hot flash isn't so terrible right now because it's pretty cold outside. <laughs> like this isn't. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm all wrapped up. I'm not. I don't have chills. I don't think I have a fever. But it's like one of those things where it's like, I feel like crap when I wake up and then over throughout the day, like it crescendos, I feel better. There's a crescendo of feeling better. And then like right around now, I start to get all like, since I became diurnal again, like, um, like right around now it starts to come back. Like just, yeah, it's like aching. The cough is kind of new. When I went to this, this, I don't know, when I went to the doctor last time, he asked me if I had a cough and I remember saying adamantly, no, I didn't. And they gave me a decongestant and I sound like I'm stuffed up, but I don't really, that was only when I laid down the whole day. I like, anyways, whatever. I, I hate being I sick because I'm, I'm at home or whatever, but I can't work. And then I feel like I should be writing. I should be doing this. I should be. And I can't even, I can't, I don't know how you're staring at a computer right now. When I'm sick, I just can't even look at a screen. I can't do it. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. And then like, also I have to grade papers. So I got to be looking at the screen and I'm not supposed to be looking at the screen anyways, because of the concussion. So like oh. the whole thing is it's all ridiculous. 
I don't really, but like, I don't know if it was a disaster. We just weren't, ex- I wasn't expecting to see you. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> no, I think it was just because like, I couldn't, I couldn't really have a drink because I had to be like, you know, it was my graduation the next day. So. Oh, and then your graduation was the next yeah. day. Yeah, and then yeah, we were yeah. going to, and I thought, oh, we're going to meet next night. And then we didn't. So it was like, oh. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that sucked. Um, but there was that random girl telling us her like she was drunk and she was like, do you think I'm, she, oh yeah, she's like, am I sober enough to shave my legs? I'm like, we've only just met you, we don't really know. <laughs> because, oh my God, you guys, she had like lied to her boyfriend, her, the psycho could never, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't, this is a sign that you need to get out of the relationship you're in, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> she was like, she goes. Okay, I told my boyfriend I was coming out for one drink, but I've had like six. So, and he's coming to pick me up. Do you think I seem sober enough to have only had one beer? And I was kind of <laughs> like, if he's that pissy that you've had more than one beer, like break and you and you, yeah, you want to have six, like break up with that guy. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like ass. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, but then the shaving legs thing came because she was like, I, I think I'm sober enough to shave my legs. And that's the litmus test. <laughs> and I, where was she saying? She was going to a wedding the next day. It wasn't, she was going to a wedding the next day. Next day. It wasn't for her boyfriend that she was shaving. Right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then she's like, then we're like, oh, we do M lit. And then she's like, oh, do you know Jane Goldman? I'm like, oh my God, do you, it's a small <laughs> town. Like, it's a really small town. And, and then we're talking about Jane Goldman, who's this professor on our course and blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I totally forgot about the Jane Goldman thing. So, what did anyway. you, Carolyn, what did you graduate from? With my master's in creative writing. Oh, with yeah. yeah, on Friday. Okay, congratulations. All right, congratulations. Yay. Good for you. Yeah, I got very gown. It was, it was very emotional. Yeah, it was very, yeah, it was very emotional. So, yeah. <laughs> you can have a nice piece of paper to hang in your kitchen. That's her mom. I can. Mind. It's all in Latin, though. It's much more pretentious than I thought it was. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all in big letters in Latin and tiny little letters underneath saying what it is in English. Like my first degree was just English, like in English. There was no Latin involved in it. So uh. yeah, interesting. Well, all my degrees are in English, but that's a US thing. I think I don't do Latin too much anymore. Yeah, I but I, would have, I didn't think Glasgow would do Latin. I, don't know. Yeah, I, also, I also discovered that the, the, the principal of Glasgow University is the top, I can't, is the fifth best economist in the world. Just oh, quite a lot. That's quite interesting. So the Romans never really made it up to Glasgow, right? They just sort of stopped at, uh, you know, before they got to Scotland, right? The Romans? Yeah. Yeah, they and they kind of landed around where I, where I live now. So there's those little bits of me that are possibly where I live now would have been, yeah, I live like just on the border. There's Hadrian's. So, so I'm, I'm just trying to explain yeah. the Latin on the, on, the, on the, you know, on the degree there. If the Romans have gotten there, maybe it's a holdover, you know, maybe you've got some, maybe you've got some centurion that's been holed up since, uh, you know, I don't know, 500 AD in the university and his only job is to write the diplomas. Uh, it probably is. He's probably a vampire. That's what lets him live so long, you know, the Roman vampires and... I, I dated a guy, oh. speaking of Latin, I dated a guy for a minute and uh, I, I knew it was time to break up with him. Uh, he had a tattoo on the back of his arm and it was Veritas, but it was spelled wrong. So it was spelled oh. Veritas <laughs> and it was tattooed on the back of his arm. And I was like, okay, that's hilarious. Like, 
V E R T I S instead of A S. I was like, dude, you gotta yeah. spell you gotta are... spell check before you get the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Those are very good groans. <laughs> he tried to hide it for a while, and then I was like, "What is Veritas? Great, that's hilarious." Did he have an explanation for it, or did he even know? Uh, he was. He had been in the Navy, and he was uh, somewhere traveling, and he was drunk, and he wanted to get that tattoo, and he just <sighs> didn't spell. It's on the it's on the back of his arm, so he couldn't see it when it was being done, and he didn't know until oh, it was over yeah. that it was spelled wrong. <laughs> truth anyway uh who's next or are we uh gonna take a break or what do you want to do um what do people think we can also end early we don't have to do a full two hours it's up to you guys do we have a stilly thing today yeah we're well it's just the same as you've been before so i'm not um I'm quite happy to do it, but um, I know you've seen it already, John. Do you ever do poems oh, without pictures? John, I guess nobody else counts. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I don't like particularly repeating myself, so. but I can do it. Do, do you Can ever see my Christmas poem? Yeah, let's do a silly yeah. thing. Come on! Yay! Okay, right. Before I do this, uh, you need to uh, rewatch uh, Back to the Future and realize. Yes. Back to the Future is all about Marty McFly trying to cast off his alien, his anal, his sexual perversion. <laughs> if you ever watch him, how he wakes up every single time, where his arm is. You watch that film, you see where his arm is. Yeah, he's got his hand like up his butt or something. Yeah, why? I don't know. Because. Okay. He wants a dead man's wank. He's what? He wants a dead man's wank. When he wakes up, oh. the only way he can pleasure himself is by um, basically having a, a numb arm to sort of uh, pleasure himself. It's, yeah, we call it the stranger here in America. When you sit on your hand, and the entire—I never ent- thought about that. The entire oh plot, God. the entire plot of, of um, Back to the Future is the inversion of the Oedipus syndrome. Instead of Oedipus, who wanted to shag his mum and kill his dad, he wants to not shag his mum to save his dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. I'll start okay. off there. Okay, wait. <laughs> Just hold on a minute. Is that, is it really like a thing? Yeah. Okay. I've never thought to jack off when my arm was asleep or my hand well, was No, asleep. no, you can't. Why could not? You're, gonna, you're not going to wake up, you know, on the point of, Perfection, like a fifteen-year-old boy does, or whatever. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Whereas Marty McFly, one hundred percent can. Marty McFly, hard on central. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> he wakes up. He wakes up every morning, and he knows he's going to be taking out his uh, lady love. And um, yeah, you you watch that film. <laughs> dark, dark, dark. Right. The, okay. the same guy who saw. Back to the Future, like eighty-six times or whatever, when yep. it came out, when he lived in Greenock, he that calls, explains it now. He calls me McFly. That's <sighs> his like pet nickname for me, and I was always like, I feel like that's an insult, man. It is a massive insult. Is that? I think so too. 
And he tried to convince me otherwise, and I didn't. I don't believe him. And anyways, now I have everybody saying that it's not a fucking omelet on tape. So I'm gonna play it for him. Tell me, owes me an apology. All right, sorry. Go on. I'm gonna mute myself. All right. Can you can you see the screen? Yes. Yes. It says Stilly's terrible John Trails, and this one is called the Pedas Deluxe. And it's me sort of new Christmas poem. And I've done it a few times. And it's, uh, yeah, it's still there quite well. Uh, the Harris Deluxe. <clears throat> a promenade theatre in Sisseton-Sea is not the worst place in the whole world to be. For that, it would need to be in wintertime whilst enduring the seasonal pantomime. But audience members can at least drink and nobody cares if their beer bottles clink. For actors, however, up there on the stage, sobriety comes with their minimum wage. The town became known by reputation as where you took holidays for their cremation. Even in summer, the ice cream man business was viewed by the locals as something suspicious. The refreshments weren't, the amusements didn't, the attractions aren't, and the pleasure beach isn't. Those acts who were billed on the SOS pier did so for the final time in their career. The Yuletide feature and promenade premiere was Jack and the Beanstalk, the same as last year. The costumes and props required a quick rinse, and likewise Dame Trot, who hadn't worked since. The poster read like, if viewed top to the bottom, a missing persons ad for actors forgotten. Till there, in the smallest print ink could allow, with the names of both ends of the pantomime cow. <laughs> Barry and Bernard were an old double act, and performing together was in their contract. Their comedy, singing, and dancing were rotten. Their memory man act had long been forgotten, and now were reduced to performing those scenes as neck end and rump end of the cow swap for beans. A thankless, degrading, and poorly paid part, but at least they both knew their moves off by heart. A cow double act is not very glamorous and rarely evolves into anything amorous. The pay isn't good and there's little respect when your arse and nose holes are forced to connect. But the worst of it all were the miserable digs that the boys had to stay at, owned by Mrs Biggs. The room was a grim place to live and to dine and could only be, fought, and, and could only be stomached with fortified wine. As professional bovine impersonators, the pair were both strictly alcohol abstainers until they were both back in their shared one-man room and then they'd both pour out and slowly consume a tumbler of Polish pale best value sherry from a five-pint bottle from the cash and carry, the strongest and cheapest for all of their pay, called Perez Deluxe which was spelt with a K. Through the rain and the wind and the sleet of November, to the rain and the wind and the snow of December, Barry and Bernard performed twice every day, a pantomime cow Tuesdays through to Sunday. Only the thought of their nocturnal booze could keep out the cold and the dark winter blues and made their dinner and pudding seemed ed edible, which given the look of it, was bloody incredible. Mrs Biggs charged the cheapest room prices, which were made possible by frills compromises. 
The hot water boiler works when you weren't looking. You had to rely on her cleaning and cooking. Hot mince and carrots made for your survival, delivered on trays with fresh tinned fruit trifle. No guests were permitted, or parties, or pets. Please provide your own towels and sheets and regrets. Now, on one fateful night, two weeks before Christmas, the duo performed their theatrical business to three dreary families and one grumpy dog who'd only come in because lost in the fog, both anticipating their fortified liquor to help them forget their day so much quicker. When Bernard noticed, through weeks of close study, the sherry amount was not as it should be. A dram! A full dram! Had somehow been misplaced, he shouted at Barry. Confess your disgrace! But Barry's denial was quick and indignant, and his accusations were just as malignant. The whole night they fought as though ill-behaved boys, but under their breaths as the rules for bad noise, until waking, exhausted from their silent melee, and limped from their digs to their first matinee. That day their performance was less than professional. Actors fighting on stage is indefensible. But somehow, inside a cow costume is worse. Cows shouldn't kick themselves or bellow and curse. The bum-biting and farting which went on within would send this mad cow to the farm loony bin. But no one complained about all of this violence, and Barry and Bernard returned home in silence. However, their sulking both changed when they saw that the volume of sherry had gone down some more. Impossible! Either of them was the culprit. So who was the foul perpetrator who'd gulped it? Their suspicions pointed to only one person, Mrs Biggs, whose character you couldn't worsen. It was her, it was she, who had a room key and had taken a swig from their precious sherry. Angry and bitter, they drank through the night, regretting the pain they had caused through their fight, and plotted revenge on their awful landlady with devious schemes all atrocious and shady. But woke in the morning, still drunk with no plan, and needing to pee, pre the 6am ban, relieved themselves in the bottle now empty, which gave them a scheme with vengeance of plenty. Pleased with their slyness, they put back the bottle, and went out to work that day at full throttle. And when they returned, with a pace scarcely slower, the level of sherry was distinctly lower. Mrs Biggs, yet again, had been there already. The mince and the pudding was set for them ready. But the duo had bought a new bottle uncorked, and toasted their plan, and laughed as they talked. During that Christmas, not a moment was wasted. Every day, a reminder how sweet revenge tasted. Work isn't so tough, and life feels like bliss when someone you hate is drinking your piss. <laughs> Food tastes much better and booze less sought after when your only problem is stifling your laughter, refilling the bottle, and watch it diminish until finally the pantomime came to a finish. With a final pay bonus for ending their run, Barry and Bernard planned their last bit of fun. They took a last look at their miserable room which they knew in nine months they'd probably resume. Farewelled Mrs. Biggs with their luggage all packed, trying hard laugh and avoid eye contact. Gave a present, wrapped up so merry, a bottle of vintage.
Hedda's deluxe sherry, which she graciously opened, and then she confessed, I'm teetotal myself. Well, I thought you'd both guessed. I borrowed your sherry. My motives were good, for each drop went into your trifle for pud. <laughs> Outside on the pavement, it started to snow, and they thought of their next job and where they must go. Next Christmas, they'd try out for the pantomime horse, both playing the rear end of an ass. Yay! And then uh, uh, the, the, the poem I'm writing, um, dedicated to Pam, is nearly edited. Uh, dedicated but to not me? Dedicated to Well, Pam. you inspired it. I told you a few a few months ago. You inspired a poem, and I'm writing. It's all written, but it, I haven't done the drawings, and it's. <laughs> oh, Pam, you're going to go down in eternity, Stilly's muse. Wow, well, I'm, I'm excited. Not that far. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Is it about comedy? No, no, no! It's something that you you suggested. I I did, and I've done. Cool. Well, like your characters, I'm usually drunk, so I don't I don't remember. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just hungover today. I'm not drunk. It'll be a nice surprise for all of us. Woo! Well, there we go. <laughs> Radio anyone else want to go next well there we go is that it for today that's all good i think so yeah well, cool. Well, it's the holidays coming up. I guess everybody's out of energy. Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I, We're on anybody, strike. No more poems until the new year. Is, is anyone <laughs> is anyone doing anything special for Christmas? I'm I'm going up to see my sister in Scotland. Cool. So that'll be cool. That's like the first time I've spent Christmas with her since I was a kid. So. Oh, I'm gonna make some cookies this week, but I don't have I don't have any plans. Actually, this is very exciting. Um, I have a buddy who lives in Athens, Greece, and I just checked plane tickets, and it's two hundred and seventy-two dollars each way from SFO to Athens, Greece. Is that insane? Wow. How is that insane. possible? I know. Um, and it I'm just I'm really I'm really excited to go to Greece, but I was worried when I, I don't know if. Europe's shut down or what's happening over there or what's up with masks or how that all works. Yeah, well, you, you probably should take a, a vaccine card, you know. Oh, absolutely. Mask, take a vaccine card. Be prepared for things to change. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be, I'm going to be there in March, March to April. So. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah cool. I'm going to go to Europe. Yay. But then Yay. I was thinking like, if I'm over there, Ryan Air is so cheap, I should like, I don't know. 
go somewhere else <laughs> too, not just Athens. Come come up to Glasgow or something. Is it nice in uh, in April in Glasgow? Although I might be in Belfast by then. Oh. They lock us down. But you can come to Ireland. And if you come to Belfast, then you can come to George's comedy open mic. Hell yeah. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> I have a lot. You don't have any festival. You don't have any festival around there. Like and Andy and Louise will know what I'm talking about. But and only Andy and Louise will know what I'm talking about. But Pam meeting Adam. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, put him in his fucking place. Can eh? you fucking imagine? Anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just thinking that, but I couldn't remember his name. Who's Adam? He's such right. a dick and I've never met him. I've never met him and he sounds like an absolute dick. So why would you want me to meet him? <laughs> oh, because we, just because he's like, he's one of those guys, like he's, oh God, like I'm so glad George doesn't listen to this. He's <laughs> he's George's roommate and he's just like, he. they're both, and he does stand up too. And he's just like his whole sort of, he's one of those guys whose whole personality is like kind of based on the fact that he's a dude. You know what I mean? So I think he would be, I would love to see like how he would react to somebody who is as skilled and comfortable on stage as you are. Huh. Like I just would love, I'd be really interested to see whether he decided to have a crush on you or whether he <laughs> off stage, like grump, like, do you know what I mean? It's like either he would fall in love with you and like be like <laughs> following you around or he would be like, oh, what's up with those loud American girls? Like, I'm just so <laughs> like, like, <laughs> is he is he in his 30s is he in his yes 30s? he is yes he is that's too old for me <laughs> <laughs> i like him i like him under 30. that's 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 my that's my problem that's why i have not disorder you're kind of off. I, yeah i just all the stuff that you said to me and andy about him is just Grim. ridiculous Comedians are soulless monsters. Yeah, That's all you have to remember is that we're all dicks Comedians and soulless monsters. Comedians are all soulless soul monsters. No souls. No souls. <laughs> the opposite of poets. They they don't they don't <laughs> they don't listen. They're not romantic. They're gross. They're narcissistic. This, you know, they're my people. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. I have Is that a, true for sketch comedy as well as stand up? No, you know, or, no, or, or, because uh, improv and sketch people have to work as a group, and yeah. stand up comedy is specifically solo. So there's a difference. Like the reason people end up doing stand up comedy is they have an inability to work with other people. It's kind of the main <laughs> reason. Like I want to. I mean, I'd be in a band, but I can't. I I'm gonna interact with. Four, three, four other people all the time on a creative endeavor? Impossible. Like a, a band of comedians <laughs> would make no sense. So, yeah, it's, uh, I have a joke about narcissism. Uh, I, I do, uh, but I just fucked up the punchline though, but I say, uh, hey, you know, my, my imagination is so vivid that I masturbate to podcasts. You know, do you have any idea what podcasts I might masturbate to? ask the crowd and I have something and they say oh murder murder podcast and I go oh yeah bloody 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 uh, uh, sociopath that tracks but you know I only listen to those once a month so I can be caught red handed and then I go on and I talk about these other things and then I say oh see 
I listen, I masturbate to my own podcasts because I'm a narcissist and I can do everything by myself better than anyone else ever could. Anyways, that's the side <laughs> to the joke. And people like look at me like, huh? And I'm like, it's the joke about masturbation, dummies. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I can do it all by myself. Who's on? Pam, who's on your t-shirt? Oh, Arden. He's a comedian who lives down in LA now. And he, another uh, narcissist, he made t-shirts of himself. And so it's a sweatshirt. So he gave me one and I wear it all the time because I'm like, who's this goofy kid? <laughs> but he doesn't, he just lives in LA now. He doesn't, I don't even know if he still does comedy. Everyone quits comedy. That's the thing. Poets stay poets forever. But uh, comedians, mm -hmm. comedians quit eventually. People quit comedy, huh? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I've been in 11 years and there's a handful of people that are still doing it from when I started. So oh, wow. they all just, huh. well, they all have real lives and, you know, and comedy is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any good comebacks for hecklers? Oh, yeah. Um, people don't usually heckle me, but um, <laughs> if they do, I, if, depending on if they're a male or a female, I will ask if they're, if it's a woman, I'll say, oh, can I ask you a question? Are you my mom? And then they'll answer and I go, why don't you love me? Or I'll do like, like, what's wrong? Am I ever going to be able to please you or whatever? And it's same thing. If it's, a, if it's a guy, I'll go, can I ask you, are you my dad? Like, can you, can you love me now, please? Like, um, and then that mm -hmm. disarms the audience and then they come back to me or whatever. But people don't, people are pretty good. People don't usually heckle. And usually the only hecklers are like drunk comedians. So then you just tell them, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that's pretty easy. Uh, Beth just On entered the room. Steve Martin's, Steve Martin's first, co like first comedy record. I can't remember what it's called anymore, but like, like he, it's a live, it's live. And it's like, and I, this, I'm sure it's a trope now or whatever, but like, it was for, when I first heard it, it was the nineties, like, and he, somebody yelled at him. He's like, I remember my first beer too. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Beth just entered. Uh, I don't know if, Hi, if they want to read. Yeah, we should listen to Beth. Beth, do you want to read? Um, okay, bye, Jay. Just... I know everyone's, it's the, the weather's making oh, everybody sleep. Pressing like ships in the night, eh, Jay? Yeah, I've just, um, we've had an in-person in event tonight, so I've just literally rolled in from there. But um, there should have been 17 of us. There were, there were seven. <laughs> A lot of people cancelled today which which oh no actually they didn't cancel they just didn't turn up which is always exciting so let's have a look and see if i've got some new shit yeah. are you all all right yeah i mean i'm hungover but <laughs> you're always all right <laughs> <laughs> I get so I, I host this I host this open mic on Tuesdays and they give me drink tokens and it's also two for one well drinks so I I only drink whiskey once a week and it's on Tuesdays and it's for free and so I just I just went crazy last <laughs> that, night. That is a line. You should use that. I only drink whiskey on Tuesdays and it's for free. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. 
So I had I had oh, four double whiskeys last night. So that's and I think I had a beer after that. So yikes. And we sang karaoke after comedy. So I was there forever singing, 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 singing. Uh, karaoke when the no no worse torture has ever been invented. No, no, no. It's actually it's it's an amazing thing because it's the only it's not an art. It's the it kind of is an art. It's the only thing you can do where the harder you try, the better you are. There is nothing else in the world where the harder you try. Like if you try to run harder, you can't be faster. I mean, you could try, but trying harder doesn't necessarily make you faster or trying to be a good writer doesn't necessarily make you a good writer. Like your your output of your energy is not always equal to the outcome, do you know? But with karaoke, the harder you try, the better you are. So even if you suck and you're trying so hard, you're amazing. Like it's the only thing where the, the output and the outcome are equal to the energy Very that you put in. Very observation. Thank you. I love karaoke. I, I, I suppose four double whiskeys and a beer actually helps too. <laughs> well, I mean, I love stage time, so I don't care. I mean, I should actually, I would probably prefer it more sober, but I just, I just, I just love, 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 love singing like so much and I'm terrible at it, but you know. Beth, what are you going to read? I don't know. I'm taking. I don't know. So I'll take. But I'll take requests. I'm. I'm. I'm all hosted out. You're all hosted out. I'm having a hot yeah. flash right now, so that's good. <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Can Qu- quality, see- quality content from Pam. Can you see the? Can you see the sweat on my face? God. Is anyone hold, else hold going? Me, to hold on. I'll, I'll put you on speaker for you, so I can <laughs> get a good look at it. God. Like, <laughs> So I'm so it's yeah okay sweating. Well, if so, Beth, are you taking requests or what are we? Because we, we I am taking requests. All right, read from the book. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you yeah. have it to your left. What do you want? How many poems are in your book? Twenty-two. All right. I think about that for a minute. <laughs> Suddenly went, oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, four four groups of five and then um, a front and an end. Read your poem that's on page seven. <laughs> I thought you'd come in. You nipped my face as I turned the corner, touched my skin as I sat to wait. You bang and crash, blowing it all to pieces. Speed drying my laundry and chasing it up the street. Three sheets to the wind. The drunken reveler of these not quite winter dark nights. Painting the trees scarlet and gold and nutkin brown. Blustering in. Scattering the children in screaming, laughing wildness. A giant come to play. Tazzling hair and chapping fingers, rolling conkers in the gutter. Making berries blush and flowers hide their pretty faces from your gaze. In all your splendour, though, I search for you. Your welcome blaze before the falling dark and blanket cold. 
Your loving touch of colour and softening gaze has me hooked on this sensuous season. A yearly fix of glorious extremes. You will leave me for another, this I know. But let me live a little in your warmth before the cold claims me and you steal away into the chill. Ooh. Yeah, that's called Autumn Lover. Any more? Page 14. This is excellent. John hasn't got the book. <clears throat> um, about four years ago, uh, they knocked down my old school. And there are houses there now. And I got, my brother sent me an urbex video of our old school and I got stuck in this poem and it's called Behemoth. Your camera's eye becomes mine as I sink into my screen, slip back into what's lost as your steps echo down the years down the stairs, the flaking and peeling of paint and memory. Poor block, main block, English and design, gutted and stripped, it's hard to tell. For years, this was my landscape, sweeping streams of people, the circuits of my days, an hourly tide that carried us end to end in less than 10, because classes got moved around again. Hallway, high five. Catch up as you pass a friend. Quick kiss, quick change. Point out that guy you like. Again. There were new walls, but I recognised bones of wood and glass. The darker places, unseen faces of my story looking back at me. I was fine until you filmed the places I was changed by. From the boarded up big windows of the places that I sang in, to the corner when he caught me and told me what I might be worth. Teenage triumph, pain bought treasure. A lot of work, a lot less. But still the things we made and planned, the wood that turned, the stage that ran, room for practice, the space for change. Every book and every paper, every stitch and all my strength to get me to go there again. This was a livescape. The proof I made it through from physics down to Breeside, beside, between the pieces that broke off me and the places that are listed, is that I'm still standing, writing, while the bulldozer moves in. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's all gone. There's nothing there at all now. Only the... Uh, what we used to call the 1908 block, that the actual grammar school block, the original bit of the school is is left because that's a listed building, so they can't they can't just demolish it. But the whole lot now is laid was laid to hardcore. Some of it was blown up, literally demolished that way, and then now there's houses on there. Oh, maybe and, maybe, maybe it'll be haunted houses, you know, because it's like all those memories of this kids are. 
kept her in detention and and stuff like that they'll 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 come through the tv screen and it'll be like an indian graveyard or something like that you know? <laughs> my my brother my brother still lives up oh well he doesn't he lives away from there now he used to live a bit close he's just moved house not long ago um and he was saying so um at the bottom it's a huge site i don't really know how to describe it to you but there was an enormous school field and there were three schools on it. There was a primary school and a high school and then the grammar school. And it was perfectly possible to spend your entire educational career from five to 18 just moving around that field. And oh. hundreds and hundreds of people did exactly that. Is there um, a lot of asbestos, asbestos hazards and stuff like that? No, I, no idea. No idea. I just, it was a vast campus. It had, we used to have like a, the, Student pop on the when I was there was about twelve hundred kids plus wow. probably wow. a couple of hundred staff I would imagine altogether. Wow. It's a big place, mm. um, fourteen to eighteen school, but yeah. it's all moved to eleven to eighteen education in that area now. So, um, but it was enormous but at the bottom of the house there was the bottom of the site there were two houses called gables and brayside and they were the sixth form center so um and physics was right at the top as far out the other way as you could get mm. and i used to have one class followed by another <laughs> class at both ends <laughs> like chariots of fire down the campus <laughs> <laughs> I've been, you know, doing English in, in the sixth form block and um, I did psychology and so we were a new subject. So we just got shoved wherever there was a classroom. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was, it could be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> wherever they had room for us, but it was frequently up in physics. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> to classrooms, so, yeah, it was huge. It was huge. And it, it was one of those places, I'm sure most of you have been to, you know, we're at schools like that where bits got added on at different times. Mm. So they started out with like a core and then they added a bit more. And then after that, they added a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and a bit more, and a bit more over years and years and years. I remember some places I went to had like trailers, you know, they yeah, didn't that's... have enough rooms. They put like little trailers out. and out Yeah, in the mobile classrooms. We had a few of those. We had a few of those. And they actually redeveloped while I was there they redeveloped a bit that had got kind of left derelict mm. they redeveloped it into a music studio proper recording oh. yeah it was cool actually there's a cool little building as well actually always made mm. me a bit sad that it had been neglected do you know what i mean it was yeah. it was like low at the back and it had these big glass windows it was a really nice oh. it was actually a really nice place to be in oh nice Oh, are you okay, Erin? <laughs> She's got, got some kind of bug or something. Yeah, we don't know what I have. She's got the sickness. <laughs> well, this has been lovely. Happy Christmas, everyone. And, uh, you know, we'll see oh, you all in the new year, it. I guess. Yeah, have a great holiday, everybody. Take care of yourself, Erin. Yeah. Yeah, get better, sweetie. And, that uh, means that the next one is January 13th. Okay. January right. so 13th. December 29th is just not happening. 2022. No, no. I can't believe it's 2022. 
I can't believe how fast this year went. It was crazy. That uh, the thirteenth is a Thursday. So then it's oh, the twelfth. Sorry. Okay. So the twelfth of January. Okay, so we're going with the second Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. We were we were going back to once a month, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's Fantastic. Right. It gives okay. me a whole yeah. month to write new stuff. Well, excellent. Yeah. Don't come. Hmm. Don't come. Yeah, I mean, well, it's I. It's hard. I mean, it's not hard to write poetry, but it is because I'm writing. I'm writing jokes all the time. That's kind of my focus. <laughs> and now that I have six shows a week, I, I'm I'm responsible for six productions a week. Uh, three open mics and wow. three shows. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how you're I don't know how you're doing that. I, I just, don't either. And now I, I've been I can bet I can barely make meals six times a week, never mind shows. <laughs> I don't eat a lot. Uh, but yeah and I've been working on Sunday too, my day off. I've I've been booked uh, the past two weeks in a row. So I'm like, I guess I'm working seven days a week. But comedy's not really like work. Wow. It's fun. So I'm not it's it's good. Caroline, I mean, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you perform six times or six seven times a week? Or yeah, I have. Just, I'm responsible for. So I I run open mics on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, and I have wow. showcases that I book that are I I everyone gets paid and all my actor all oh, my yeah. actors all my comedians get to eat and drink for free, and they get a cut of tips. And that's Wednesday. I have a show, Asiento, um, Thursday. I have a show at um, the bar on Dolores and Saturdays at Atlas Cafe. So I have oh, nice. six shows that I produce every week. And then I get booked on other people's shows too. So a lot of times, because that's why I have my, my Saturday shows at two in the afternoon all the time, because then I can get booked on Saturday night. And um, yeah, so I'm just slinging jokes every so, night of the week. So, so, so this... Does comedy pay your bills, or do you have to have like a job? Job? No, I, Mutiny Radio is my hundred percent job. That's the only thing I do. So, oh, yeah. Okay. But right. I mean, I a good few. Yeah, good I, few. it's. I mean, it's Mutiny Radio is like it's my small business. So I, mm-hmm. it's my nice. little sole proprietorship. Yay! And um, no, I don't have any other right. any other income other than what I do here. So I'm a full time artist. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. That's, that's great. That's great. When when you when you self-employed though in any respect you're always hustling yeah absolutely one way one way one way one way or another oh there's that so i'm i'm self-employed but i'm i'm reaching a point where i think i'm gonna have to stop doing that just partly because of what i do is physically demanding and i can't do it um but i don't get like i don't get paid for anything else that i do yeah. Yeah. Well, your book. Unless I sell books. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, people. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of money in poetry. Let me tell you. Money in books, honey. Scratch that. Nah. Yeah. I know. Right. I'd be happy if I just break even, mate. Honestly, That's... I've used a legacy yeah, to do it. So, I think I'm just looking who's here. Like, still, he's got it. Caroline's got it. <laughs> John, I'm shipping international. Sort it okay. out. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Actually, uh, oh no, I can't. I was going to say I've got some of the special uh, packs left that I made up for the graduation party, but I'm not sure I can legally ship those overseas because oh. of what they've yeah. got in them. Oh, what, COVID? <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, it's legal no, here. They've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to send me weed? We yeah. got it. Got it I'm all. I'm putting in the binding. <laughs> 
No, I but I had some tiny um hang on. I've got hang on, I'm just gonna find one so I can show you. So I've got one here. So I don't know if you can see that. All right. So you, hang on, right, let's try this again. So you see this? Yes, your book. What was yeah, what was but the picture was taken by our Andy. Uh -huh, yeah. Yeah. So um, mine, our oh, James, he did all my graphics. He made me a little round. Oh. oh. A little round graphic. And I had oh, it nice. put on some pin badges because it's a bit of a thing. Different yeah. poetry nights have got like little pins. Oh yeah. So, nice, um, nice. That's from uh, she growls, which is a feminist collective. That mm -hmm. is a, a book that says she's love on it, and that says um. But that was raising money for the victims of the Manchester bombing. That's, oh. that's oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hammer and Tongue, Cambridge. So you you can buy those, <laughs> but you only get given them if you perform there. So I earned oh, yeah. <laughs> Have a little collection. Um, so I had a, a limited run of badges made, tiny, oh. tiny little, tiny. But I don't think I can post the ones with the badges in to the US. Why not? Oh. Because well, that, they, there's that's a, okay. It's got a sharp in it. That's, oh, that's okay, because badges, we don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll happily post a regular, a, a regular one to you, if you go, if you go by it. So, um... FM. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Let's watch Spiegelman. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah, That's every Sunday, two p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, five percent, five percent. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. Five p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, uh, da, 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 da. let's watch full-length full movies. Oh, wait, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, ya. See you next month. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah.
Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax-deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Flat black plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music. All night. ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out ACLUNC.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good. Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob! 
You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. For those who 
have an insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and doll on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and are passion, who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution, who would rather die than fall in line to conform, who constantly challenge the norm, who greet each and every day as if just born, I say to you I know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Let's watch I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> you uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yeah, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5% Pacific Standard Time. 